With all of the news in recent years about fracking, discovery of new gas and oil supplies, solar, the idea of biomass energy has ended up a little bit on the back burner, so to speak. But an initiative led by the Agriculture Department would rev up the development of biomass resources. Joining me with the details, David Babson, Senior Advisor to the Office of the Chief Scientist at USDA. Dr. Babson, good to have you on. Good to be on. Tell us about this program. It's really more of an interagency board. Who's on it? What does it do? It's the Biomass uh, Research and Development Board, and it coordinates research across the federal government. It's actually jointly led by USDA and the Department of Energy. And there are a number of other um, contributors as well, from EPA to the Tar- Department of Transportation and the National Science Foundation um, and others. And what what the board does is, as I said, align uh, research efforts into uh, biomass utilization and the bioeconomy um, to ensure that uh, the investments that are being made by the federal government more broadly are are being done efficiently and to achieve you know larger, bigger, uh, government-wide goals for uh, a growing and sustainable bioeconomy. It sounds like a lot of agencies might be offering grants to biomass researchers. Is that part of the issue? Yes. Um, in fact, uh, both USDA and DOE uh, commonly develop funding opportunities for uh, grantees to do research into into biomass, and and this board just allows us to uh, develop common goals for those research across the federal government, and to coordinate those those investments. Um, in research dollars. How does it operate in terms of being able to actually coordinate because people are scattered across the agencies, as you've pointed out? The board has been in place for a number of years and has put out several other previous reports characterizing biomass availability and, and you know, some opportunities for the bioeconomy. This report is, you know, kind of the tail end of, of those previous years of research that really seeks to you know, develop kind of a strategic plan for research going forward or forward in coordination. Um, the board does meet regularly. It has an operations um, uh, committee that is, is made up of uh, individuals at the various agencies that are involved in this, and they meet weekly to discuss updates and um, to talk about what's going on within different agencies. And then they coordinate uh, larger quarterly meetings among the principals at the various agencies, uh, you know, the political level um, appointees that sit on the biomass R&D board, uh, and then the, the committees, the operation committees, and the interagency working groups that, you know, do the technical work report to that, the leadership, and, and get guidance on how to move the bioeconomy initiative forward. Now, the report says that the potential of the U.S. biomass industry is nowhere near being realized. What's the sense of the board or your sense of what the potential for biomass really is? And how far is the nation from developing that full potential? The board in in previous years and the Department of Energy has worked with uh, USDA and others have put together some estimates of what the potential could be. In fact, uh, two years ago, the Department of Energy, the Bioenergy Technologies Office, released its billion-ton study, um, and they, you know, characterized a future bioeconomy uh, utilizing a billion tons of biomass per year, and you know, producing, you know, 50 million gallons of of, of chemicals and and 
and and hundreds of millions of gallons of, of fuel, and and it could be quite uh, large. And so what we're trying to do is to identify, you know, what are the bottlenecks and and what is the unique types of infrastructure that would be required for uh, a biomass su- supply chain for fuels and chemicals and products and materials, and then to de-risk those supply chains through through research. So the estimates that have been done uh, previously show that the bioeconomy could be quite large and have substantial impacts on petroleum displacements, greenhouse gas emissions reductions, creation of jobs up and down the supply chain. Um, and, you know, so there, there is a broad potential, and, and this uh, work of this board is to you know, identify strategies to help de-risk the technologies that would make that possible. We're speaking with David Babson. He's senior advisor to the Office of the Chief Scientist at the Agriculture Department. And looking through the report, it goes through the different biomass areas, algae and feedstock and genetics and so on, all these different types of biomass. Under each one, there's an area describing the technology and knowledge gaps. So it sounds like this will help not only coordinate research, but make sure it's directed toward where research is really needed. That's correct. Each one of those areas that you highlight that are uh, that are described in the report have interagency working groups that are made up of technical experts in the various agencies. And they meet regularly to develop individual working plans to address those gaps. And there are gaps in all of those different areas. Um, and, you know, the bioeconomy has to bring together expertise from a many, many different scientific areas, whether it's engineering um, you know, plants to be more carbon efficient, or it's developing algae systems to produce algal biomass, or it's uh, creating um, the technologies to actually convert the biomass into fuels, chemicals, products, and materials. It needs to bring together scientists and engineers and um, plant experts and fuel experts. And so it is a very complicated uh, field of study, and that's why this board is there to kind of be able to identify all the various areas and bring together the unique expertise that is necessary to address those gaps. Now, solar energy, which has had a lot of federal backing, has developed into some fairly major industrial companies, even though solar energy is not really all that cost-effective. Same thing goes for wind power. Biomass, you tend to think of people in the backyard collecting fat from restaurants and making an old Volkswagen run. So between that and, say, some of the big solar and wind companies, is the biomass industry very industrial yet? Is there any critical mass there yet? I mean, the first-generation biofuels are fairly well-established and, um, you know, are, are relatively inexpensive to produce. What we need to what, – what this board is, is, is looking to do is to move beyond the first-generation biofuels, which I'm referring to the corn ethanol, for example, which is – a 15 billion gallon a year industry. So that's not small. That's very large. In fact, you know, 10% of our of our fuel is is actually biofuel in the form of of ethanol and and ethanol in that first generation is very inexpensive to produce. But what we need to move to is to be able to generate those same volumes of fuel from the residual components of cellulosic materials and wastes and those sorts of things. So we're developing the technologies to make those possible and to drive those prices down so that they actually would have insertion points um, in, in the economy. Now, you know, as for solar and wind, 
you know, we've actually seen their um, price uh, parity arrive in terms of generating power. And I think, you know, a lot of the, you know, difficulty about accommodating more renewables on the grid actually has to do with uh, the, the inability for wind and solar to be dispatched in, in a way that matches demand with supply. Now, unlike that, biomass and bioenergy is, you know, dispatchable, and it's also a stored form of, of, of fuel when, it, when you actually have a product like that. And so it is uh, very uh, possible to, to better integrate biofuels and biopower into um, our existing energy grid. And, and the challenge, of course, is to uh, achieve you know price points that allow it to be adopted uh, on a large scale. And does market demand figure into all of this research and granting? Because you know there is a school of thought that because ethanol takes more energy to make a gallon than you get out of a gallon of it, that you know left without federal pushing, probably no one would ever buy ethanol. Certainly not put it in your gas tank. Do you want to try to avoid well, that that phenomenon with future biofuels? Well, first of all, that's a, an antiquated uh, idea about you know the the production of ethanol. The efficiency of producing even first generation biofuels is such now that you you do in, indeed get uh, you know a, a, a positive energy output from your inputs. Um, and the the greenhouse gas emissions, life cycle greenhouse gas emissions for those fuels has be, been uh, driven down substantially, so that you're actually benefiting the fuel system by displacing petroleum with um, ethanol um, in in the market. I would say that yes, uh, federal um, policies have catalyzed the the growth of the ethanol industry. But at this point, even without policy support for ethanol blending, it is likely that you know nine to ten percent of our fuel system would remain ethanol because fuel companies are using ethanol for its octane value and not its energy value, and it's very cheap. You know, it's a very inexpensive source of octane, and so those are other things that that the 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 board does is to identify synergies for the products that we can produce from biomass that actually have different types of value to the fuel system or to the chemicals industry sure. um, and, and so forth. All right. And now there is a report on all the rest of the biofuel. It's 75 pages worth of information. What happens to that report now? And what happens? To, what will the board do to, I guess, operationalize that report? The report is, you know, in many ways, a valuable internal document for the, for the uh, interagency working groups to, uh, you know, place a uh, you know, flag in the ground to say these are the things that we identified um, as a roadmap going forward. But it's also very valuable to have you know an externally facing document that the public can see and say, oh, this is what the federal government is doing in this area. But operationally, what the board will do and use this, it, we will use this kind of as a strategic plan for developing yearly work plans um, to you know push the technology forward and to um, identify funding opportunities and to, to direct research um, to de-risk these uh, biomass supply chains. Sounds like someday instead of spreading bark mulch all over our lawn beds, we'll use that bark mulch to power the lawnmower. <laughs> Perhaps. 
David Babson is Senior Advisor to the Office of the Chief Scientist at the Agriculture Department. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Take care. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the show on demand and on your device at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.